1: Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts,
2: Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast.
0: And welcome back to the Cover 3 podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Bud Elliott. That's Tom Finnelli. That's Danny Cannell. I'm Chip Patterson. So pleased to welcome you to to this extravagant gala that is known as the Cover 3 October Awards. We are very excited to, to bring this back as we will near the end of all of the months. And yes, I know, I know, I know. October 30th is going to be a day in October, but we've had four more Saturdays. We had four Saturdays for the first set of awards. I'm I'm trying to keep this thing consistent, and, I mean, no one's going to complain about the opportunity to highlight some of our favorite coaches, players, teams, and games. A quick reminder before we get into the proceedings, and we will be hitting mailbag questions before we get out of here, so continue to fill up that big old bag of mail. You can do it by leaving us a five-star review. In that review, put your question, and it'll be added to the big old bag of mail. Uh, Last month, we saw Kenneth Walker III from Michigan State take the Cover 3 podcast player of the month. Mel Tucker from Michigan State, I mean. We can see Sparty's one of the big seasons of the season. He was the coach of the month for the month of September. Arkansas uh, getting the team of the month and the game of the month was Fresno State against UCLA. Jay Kaner giving his body to the uh, you know to, to Pac-12 after dark, right? Just just a real sacrifice right there, uh, even coming off of the full body cramp. So I, I guess. Do you want to just go ahead and dive in? I mean, does anybody have? Are there any like any any business or anything that's on, on the top of mind? Because I I kind of think that we were re- locked and loaded, ready to go. But I might have missed something as I was uh, getting myself all gussied up for the occasion. I'm I ready to go. Yeah. All right. Cool. Let's do it. First, we're going to start with the Player of the Month. Uh, I've got a couple nominations here. I, I think that there are some fantastic options. But uh, I want to open it up to the floor. How about uh, Bud Elliott? Why don't you go ahead and get us started?
1: All right. So I was filtering some stuff here, trying to take out garbage time. Really looking for the guys who are the most, uh, you know, clutch, if you want to say, or, or the dudes who are are not just padding their stats in garbage time. And I'm going to start with a guy who didn't even play all of his team snaps this month. Um, but I was looking at th- at the top rushing EPA, you know, so expected points added measures. And damn it, you know who is the top, the leader? In the month of October, for rushing EPA? Chase Brown. It's Caleb Williams. Mm, how nutty is that, right? Like So I already knew his his throwing stats were, were quite nice. Guys, Caleb Williams, just absolutely huge runs when Oklahoma absolutely needed it. Fourth and one against Texas. Boom. Six, six yards. Again against Texas. Goes for 40. Honestly, he bailed them out a ton on third down against Kansas, a, a team that... The Sooners kind of slept walk through. We just cut a separate video uh, last Tuesday on how badly Oklahoma was banged up. They're missing four of their top five defensive backs. He's come in and really carried them. Uh, his legs were also pretty instrumental in beating TCU. Uh, for me, he's my player of the month. If they had Rattler, I think, I mean, honestly, Oklahoma could be a two loss team at this point.
2: He was definitely one of my nominees for sure. I mean, he saved their season for the most part because they'd be doomed if they still had Spencer Rattler. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another nominee I have is one of his teammates, Kennedy Brooks. In the month of October, he rushed for 540 yards, averaged 6.43 yards per, and had six touchdowns, including the game-winning walk-off against Texas. And I also, Chip, you brought him up. I also want to nominate while we're in the running back category – Chase Brown of Illinois, who uh, rushed for 515 yards, averaged 7.69 yards per, including 5.72 yards post-contact per rush. So he was getting hit in breaking tackles and then still picking up another six yards every single carry. Uh, Should I just go through my entire list or...
0: Sure. I, I, so yeah, go for it. I've got Chase Brown as well. I mean, he in terms of rushing yards per game, no one is better than Chase Brown in the month of October. One hundred and seventy-one point six seven yards per game uh, in the three games that the line I have played. I, I also have him on my list. But keep keep rolling. All
2: right, I got C.J. Stroud, mm-hmm. who in October for Ohio State threw for a thousand two yards, fourteen touchdowns, no interceptions. Receiving wise, a name that most people don't know, and I don't blame them. But this guy absolutely killed everybody else in West Kentucky. Yep. Jarrett (laughs) Stearns. All right. He had 60 catches for 717 yards and six touchdowns. Just for some context, Stearns had 60 receptions. No other player in the country during October had more than 40 receptions. He had 717 yards receiving. No other player in the country in October had more than 556 yards. He was heads and shoulders above every single receiver in the country. And on the defensive side of the ball, Alabama's Will Anderson, six and a half sacks, 24 pressures, and Michigan defensive back dj turner targeted 10 times allowed three catches for eight yards had an interception
0: Mm. i like i like the way you spread it out uh will anderson i also wanted to make sure to mention like you said uh leads the nation in sacks in the month of october Uh, kobe bryant From Cincinnati, we talk a lot about Sauce Gardner. He's going to be the guy who's going to get all the first-round NFL draft hype, but Bryant has been awesome. He has two interceptions in four games this month, eight passes defended, second in the nation in passes defended per game, uh, Chase Brown. Yeah, the, the C.J. Stroud is kind of stupid. I think When Bud started talking about garbage time, I was like, oh, crap, there goes my C.J. Stroud nomination. Because <laughs> he's the reason like- they're going to garbage time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's not throwing a garbage time. He's, just, he's throwing knockout punches in the first half, man. 14 touchdowns, zero interceptions in four games, as Tom mentioned, at 73.8% passing. Uh, absolutely banana stuff. So I wanted to get C.J. Stroud out there with an official nomination. Chase Brown. David Bell doesn't have the whole well-rounded argument, but, I mean, that Iowa performance at least deserves a mention if we're going to be discussing everything that happened in the month of October. He also went for 100 the game before that, but Wisconsin kept him in check. Uh, so, you know, I've got C.J. Stroud's kind of like my my leader. I can rock with a, a Chase Brown. I can rock with Caleb Williams. I think that's probably where the debate will come, but uh, much love and, uh, and shout-outs to Will Anderson and Kobe Bryant as well.
1: Can I give two more? Yeah, I, I didn't realize we were going to go more than one per. Uh, Jakari Roberson mm. for Wake Forest. They've been in, in three like tight ish games so far this month. I believe he has 28 first downs or touchdowns in the month of October, which is pretty nuts. And that, like everybody knows, they're going to him, and he's still getting open. Remember that team lost Donovan Green, uh, their their other best receiver in the preseason, so he's really been kind of the guy they're going to. And I want to give a shout out to Nicobe Dean. Like his stats aren't insane but that Georgia defense just plays so damn smart and he's he's such a big part of that and I had to pick somebody from a Georgia defense that was just that dominant this you know this year and this month
3: I had uh CJ Stroud same like you guys I also had Kenny Pickett who's been getting a lot of love in the Heisman Trophy statistically the stats aren't as obscene as some of the other guys at the top still eight touchdowns zero interceptions in the month two road wins and then the big win against Clemson was really kind of the, okay, now he's done it against Clemson. Like, what more do you need to see? And clearly he's somebody who's getting a lot of attention on the national stage, rising up the, the Heisman rankings. Um, I also had uh, Xavier Hutchinson for Iowa State, who just had a big performance, but he's also been kind of a breakout receiver for Brock Purdy there at Iowa State. Of course, he had the one that was called back this week for the uh, just stupid taunting penalty that was called back um, this past month as well. So where are we yeah. landed.
0: We I, this is this is a group decision. I mean, the purpose So it is- depends on where you want to go,
3: I think, cuz like we've all said CJ Stroud, like he's uh, but I do think there's a hesitation for me to award him in a month when the competition has not been stellar. That would be my one hesitation with crowning him as the player of the month, but I wouldn't push back that much if we all decided, "Hey, he's the guy."
2: I mean, I I think there are a lot of players obviously who are deserving of consideration. We've named a bunch of them. But I think the first name we said is the player of the month. I think it's Caleb Williams. Yeah. I mean, just from the performance aspect, the narrative aspect, the podcast aspect of us being on Caleb Williams since the spring, I feel like how can he not be our player of the month for October?
3: Now you're talking. If if he had played all the snaps. Tom and I were, by the way. Tom and I were. Mm -hmm. Team Caleb Williams.
1: (laughs) If he had played all the snaps, are we even debating this? No. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And you know what, Tom? Great point. These are the Cover 3 Podcast Mm -hmm. Awards. You know whose rules we bend to? No one but our own. Caleb Williams, congratulations. You are the Cover 3 Player of the Month for October. (laughs) All right, let's take it to the Coach of the Month. I've got three names. One I feel pretty passionate about. Uh, DK, why don't you go ahead and get us started?
3: Oh, I got I got a coach I'm pretty passionate about. Three and oh, undefeated in the month. So see, i like to have guys that have to deal with some adversity. How about Mike Norvell? What he has done. Don't <laughs> laugh at me. Don't I'm laugh. Not at you. But I'm after not an and 4 start, yeah. people are throwing in the towel. One of the hardest things to do is to keep players invested, especially at a program like Florida State, where they can start feeling sorry for themselves. Oh, we thought we were going to be one thing and now we're well short of it. To keep them around keep them battling to get three wins. And I know UMass isn't that impressive, but I'm telling you after a two and four start, I think there's a chance they make a bowl. Uh, So I'm going to go. Mike Norvell is my kind of out of the box coach of the month for the month of October. You know, Danny, I was debating
1: to go team of the month or coach of the month here. Uh, So my most improved team in the month of October, my power ratings, I went back and pulled my power ratings from the end of October or end of September is Colorado State. But there is no way in hell I'm going to give this award to them after what Adazio did uh, in totally botching that game. What what a joke of a hire there. Uh, And this is Coach of the Month,
0: too. Right. Team of the Month is coming up next.
1: I can't really give Team of the Month to Florida State when one of their wins is UMass and they had a bye Mm -hmm. week. But let's think about the makeup of this team. It's a team of mercenaries. They're all transfers. They didn't think they were going to be good this year, but they didn't think they were going to start 0-4. He has kept them together really well so that he was actually tops on my list the other guy I want to point out is several close wins this month I think his in, in-game coaching and finding ways to coach around injuries and making the right decisions not you know folding your public pressure and just punting the ball away giving away possessions I'm going to give mine to Lane Kiffin I think Lane Kiffin has done a really good job winning close games Matt Corral's clearly banged up they're losing offensive linemen they got receivers down you know the defense is starting to show some warts and they still keep winning Tom? Uh,
2: My coaches of the month, my nominations, I've got multiple. I've got Ryan Day. Even though the competition wasn't at its most fearsome, they had that early loss to Oregon. They bounced back. There were people calling for saying, you know, oh, C.J. Stroud shouldn't be the quarterback, blah blah blah. Stuck to his guns, got the season turned around. They're cruising. They look like the best team in the Big Ten by far. C.J. Stroud, we just nominated him for Player of the Month. Good thing he didn't bench him. Uh, another coach, Thomas hammock at Northern Illinois. Mm. The Huskies are at four and zero in the MAC. They Have a two-game lead on everybody else in the West. Nobody had high expectations for them coming into the season. He's in his third year there. It's like you kind of almost forgot he was there. But he's, you know, Northern Illinois hasn't done much of anything in the last couple of years. They come into this season, they're playing very well. And then another one, the guy. If you can get UTEP to bowl eligibility in October, you deserve to be nominated for Coach of the Month, Dana Demille.
0: so I'm, I am way too basic here, but I cannot believe that when we think about rallying back from adversity and having your team playing great football, that no one is mentioning Jimbo Fisher as coach of the month. I think mm. the Alabama win and the quality of play that we've seen from Texas A&M since the Alabama win certainly suggest that there has been something that has occurred within that building, locker room, coaching staff, and more that it absolutely deserves some recognition. On a On a similar note, uh, though I said I'm not as passionate about this one. Brian Kelly, you know, just it has been very difficult to find ways to get this Notre Dame team uh, offensively to play at a high level, and it hasn't been often until very, very recently against USC that, USC's off- that Notre Dame's offense has put together four good quarters. Uh, also, Dave Clawson. Uh, again, not as passionate about that, but Wake's offense is just surgical right now, and maybe he would share some of that award with Warren Ruggiero, the offensive coordinator there, who's really helped to mesh all these different styles together. But uh, man, I—where where do we want to? I would say Jimbo Fisher's the one I, I would fight for for consideration among some of the names that have already been mentioned—the very good ones.
2: I will fight to remove Brian Kelly from the list. Lost at home to Cincinnati. Can't win Coach of the Month in the, in the month
1: he lost at home to Cincinnati. Yeah.
2: yeah totally you know. fair.
0: All right, so good good goodbye. I'm I'm cool with that. Get out of here. These are Brian all the
1: Kelly. Coaches, like like yeah. like they have all really had had extremely nice months. So, who's I mean, who's going to win it?
3: Who's going to tie break this? Do we vote? I had I had Mike Norvell who I do think Bud brings up a good point. The UMass win is hard to give him a credit for that one. If he wins against Clemson, then it's like okay, there we go. Now we're on to something. I know it'll be November. Maybe he'll have a chance in the back end. I'm torn because my team of the month is coached by Bud's coach of the month and Lane Kiffen. So, I, but I would sign off on Lane Kiffen easily for what he's done. But I also don't have a problem with Jimbo. So, you guys can fight it out between those two.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. So, we've narrowed it to, to Lane and Jimbo. Uh, DK, DK has, has pulled it away. We've got a, uh, so Bud, you, you're obviously Lane, right? That would be your vote.
1: Yeah. I, I would say so. Okay. My vote's Jimbo you know what uh, yeah go <laughs> Jimbo with, beat Lord, Al- i'll vote jimbo, jimbo sure jimbo yeah, beat that,
0: alabama yeah jimbo great an alabama assistant with his court. backup with
1: his backup <laughs> qb yes, yes.
3: Yeah. okay true. so all on board
1: there we go And they looked terrible with him <laughs> like, a couple of games mm-hmm.
0: congratulations to jimbo fisher our cover three coach of the month for october all right, let's turn it to our team of the month. Tom, uh, why don't you go ahead and get us started with your with your nominations? Well, as
2: is kind of going to be the case, there's some crossover here. Uh, my first team of the month nominee will be Northern Illinois, a team that came into the 2021 season with a win total posted by the books of four. It won four games in October alone. It started. It's it's you know four zero oh in the MAC. It is probably going to a bowl game this year. It almost has the Mac West wrapped up already. And everybody else in that division has two losses. Northern Illinois has beaten, you know, four of them, obviously. And I, th- they, so they've got a three-game lead on a lot of teams. So I, I think the Huskies deserve to be nominated for Team of the Month. And my other Team of the Month is the reason that Brian Kelly shouldn't have been nominated for Coach of the Month. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. They had a couple games this month where they had to win to really keep their playoff hopes alive and to give themselves a solid credential base for it. And they did it. I mean, they went on the road and they beat Notre Dame and South Bend. So that's like a huge win to me, even though Notre Dame might not be the team that we've seen make the playoff the last few years. It's still a one-loss team that is still in contention for a playoff spot, and its only loss is at home, Cincinnati.
1: I'm going to go Pitt. Uh, Mm. In the month of October, Pitt, they were only a week or two removed from Western Michigan beating them, which is pretty embarrassing. Although, you know, I, I understand somewhat fluky. They go at Georgia Tech. That's not a good Georgia Tech team, but it's a a decent team, right? Like we all agree, like a top 50 team, top half team in college football. They go on the road and win by 31.
0: That's a Georgia Tech team that's favored against Virginia Tech and might put an end to the Justin Fuente era in in case it's not already done.
1: Yeah, and then they go on the road again, 28-7 at the Hokies. Then they beat Clemson, 27-17. This this is kind of a a leave-no-doubt month Pit Narduzzi is letting the offense cook. The defense continues to play really well. Like, this is one of the best months I think anybody had in the sport.
3: I had two. I had Ole Miss. I mentioned that before for what they did after, but they lost to Alabama in the month of October. So that one that yeah. kind of gives me a little bit of pause. Um, I had Michigan, a team that we've looked at for a long time, and I would say like the winner. For the month of October, should be whoever wins this weekend between Michigan and Michigan State because both of them have had really impressive wins. I'll give Michigan the slight edge over winning in Lincoln. Pretty dominant fashion against Wisconsin. That was like that kind of hurdle they had to get over after getting run through by them the last couple times they've met up. I think Michigan is, is probably the team I would lean to over the two in that state.
1: Okay. Can I give two shout-outs to programs that won't win?
0: Was one of them UTSA? Because I want to make that an official nomination.
1: No. Okay. That that, that team could win. UNLV and Vanderbilt. Okay. <laughs> now they're they're not getting the wins here, which although I think you Vandy's UConn win did come, and obviously, like we have the tie to Barton here. But like Vandy is playing better football, like considerably better football this month, even like relative to opponent than they were in September. September was you know, not, not great. I know they had the win at Colorado State. Whatever. Uh, also, UNLV is, like, playing some teams kind of tough. They're not getting the wins, but, like, they're not getting blown out. So I'm, I'm seeing, like, actual improvement from those teams, even though I, I can't vote for them because they're not really getting any wins. Fun fun stat for UNLV. They are 0-7,
2: and they have led in six of their seven games. They have led at halftime of four of them.
0: Yeah, I don't know what to make of that because Arroyo is still looking for his first career win. He's 0-13 mm-hmm. overall, but like both of you have mentioned, these last couple weeks, they've been right there. So do you penalize him for blowing it, or do you look at it and you say, uh, lose small, lose big, lose small, win small, win big, and that they're just on the journey right now?
1: What you do well, is you live bet their opponents. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, Arroyo is probably on the list for the worst coaching decision of the month, though. That field goal he kicked when when mm-hmm. they were tied twenty on on fourth and one from the twenty three. Like, what what do you have to lose? Chip, do you remember our fade UNLV principal?
0: Yeah, because it was fade Justin Herbert's offensive coordinator. <laughs> exactly. We saw Justin Herbert take off in the NFL. <laughs> we saw that the old Oregon offensive coordinator was a head coach. You we are like, well. We're going to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't like the decision making, the evaluation, the decision making, uh, not here for it. So UTSA was the one that I, I definitely wanted to throw in. It has not been mentioned yet, so with my other nominations, I will throw support behind Cincinnati and Pitt. The Ole Miss loss to um, the Ole Miss loss to Alabama makes it difficult. For me to get all the way behind Ole Miss, but the great points are the way that this team has overcome injuries. Uh, you had the crazy game against Arkansas, the insane game against Tennessee, and then kind of take care of business. But the nature of that Alabama game, when it was twenty-eight to nothing at half, that kind of has me pedaling back a little bit. So, wanted to add UTSA to the conversation, and I will also throw my support behind Cincinnati and Pitt. Now we got to make a decision.
2: I am pounding the table for Northern Illinois. Ooh.
3: Ooh. I'll pound the table for Pitt. Pitt. <laughs> oh, there we go. Okay. I'll pound the table for Pitt.
0: I mean, is your team, bud? How you do you think that that's the the one that stands
1: Look, out among this group? I just think about the NIU thing and I think they're doing a tremendous like it's great that they're getting there. But they've basically just been lucky in four coin flips. Right. Wow. They have a one point win. <laughs> wow. They have a one point win, another one score win, a two point
3: win, and another one score win. Like Pitts, they could, easily, top they the could coastal. easily be 0 and 4 this month. Pitt it's to top the coastal division with a Heisman Trophy candidate and a win against Clemson. Like, think about that statement if we would have said that at the beginning of the year. Right. The I will say, and I, bet, Clemson. I bet NIU on the money line last week
1: and was happy to cash. And I have dropped their power rating from the end of September to the end of October. I think they've gotten a little bit worse, despite the fact that they're that they're four and zero in the month. I, I don't think they're get, they're not showing improvement on how they play. I think they just can get lucky.
0: But man, that's so got to be go marginal, hit. right? Team, team of the month for beating three a bad little team. bit. Congratulations! Like,
1: like a field goal worse. Yeah. Wow.
0: Wow. Field goal's, field goals significant. I just it's so funny looking at all the ratings of the MAC teams as they just slowly inch above and below each other. <laughs> well, no. Also, last year.
1: Teammates. Chip, last year with the Mac, all those priors, we, we, we didn't really have anything. They only played each other, and it was mm-hmm. just so funky. No, I, I'm fine with Pitt if you guys want to win Pitt. I'm just pounding the table.
0: No night, I, night, anyway. I like the way that Danny put it. At the beginning of the season, if you say that at the end of the month of October, Pitt is sitting first place in the ACC Coastal with the Heisman Trophy contending quarterback and a win over Clemson. That you're like, what, a, what, how, and you got to put it all together. So hats off. This is a Kenny Pickett podcast and congratulations to Pitt. You are the cover three podcast team of the month for I, October.
2: I, I do want to just, again, Pitt, congratulations, but <laughs> why didn't Pitt win the team of the month in September?
3: Cause they lost to Western Michigan.
2: Yeah. Who's two and two in the Mac. <laughs> Western Michigan. Who's 4-0 in the Mac? Northern Illinois. Hey, Pound hey,
3: Kanye. The awards already been given out. Sit no, I'm down. Just, I'm,
1: I'm gonna <laughs> let her finish, but I'm just saying. Can we can we talk about one team that did not come up in top player, top coach, or in uh, in, in in top uh well, I guess it hey. was all player coach team? SMU Virginia. Ooh, Since yeah. we gave out those awards to end September, they played September 30th. Which was that Friday night game? They go on the road, they beat Miami, then they beat Louisville on the road, then they smoked Duke forty eight nothing, and they also beat Georgia Tech. Like hmm. this team has been getting a whole lot better. Uh, you know their their offense is just absolutely incredible what they're doing. Broncos just totally like let's screw it, let's chuck it deep, and it, it's it's working over and over again. I, I just I wanted to give those guys a shout out. Like individually, they're not standing out enough to win any of these awards, but collectively, there's something good going on there.
0: There is uh, potentially there there is a mailbag question. I don't know if we're going to get to it today, but uh, I made a call for non Big Ten questions from the listeners because Big Ten fans have just been uh, really leading the way, uh, and we did get some we did get some Virginia fans showing up. So uh, in a very soon in a mailbag episode, uh, perhaps a little bit later on, um, we will uh, we will discuss that very topic. Yeah, the team of the month nominations uh, last month. We were really hovering around, you know, your Arkansas, your Penn State, the teams that had really cashed in with those uh, big non-con wins. Uh, all right, now speaking of those those big games, what about the Cover Three Podcast Game of the Month or the Month of October?
2: Mm. I mean, there's only one. To,
3: I, okay, no, wait. There's there are, two. I think there's, I think there's I, two. I have four.
0: Okay, but yeah, Dana, you I, just I, afford, start I have to, these, to get but...
3: some of these. I have to get some of these off because there are some honorable mentions that we have to get to. Right, as ugly as Penn State Illinois was, it, <laughs> it, it <laughs> deserves to be a, an honorable mention for nine overtimes, <laughs> setting a historical mark there. Army Navy was, inc- or not Army Navy, Army versus Wake Forest was an incredibly fun game, but I can't go there with seventy points. The game was closer than that, but there was little defense played. The two I think you guys are all getting to are the SEC matchups that we took place. No, really. So my top two yeah. were Arkansas, Ole Miss, coming down to the wire. I love Sam Pittman's decision to go for two. Like it had drama. It had a lot of offense. And then the other one was Bama getting beat by Texas A&M. Those were my two nominations for game of the month, the official wow. nominations. You I think didn't we even like nominate, nominate the choice. best game
2: of the month then. Uh-oh. Which one, which First one? of all, Waken Army's also on my. I have four Waken Army's on there. AM and Bama's on there. Ole Miss Arkansas's on there. But the best game of the month was Red River Shootout, yeah. Texas and Oklahoma.
0: But there's another one, and this is where we have to talk about. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Although covers- I, I, I'm sorry, go ahead. This is where we got to talk about the cover three angle to this, because there was a game that involved golf balls, mustard bottles, and she's <laughs> going balls. to run it. <laughs> <laughs> and an instant reaction during the instant reaction podcast as you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to keep clean streams here. I got, got a lot of, you know, Dino drop ready at, at, any moment. I didn't have the game. I needed Bud and Tom to narrate Joe Milton's decision-making in the final moments of Ole Miss and Tennessee. My, my two were Red River shootout in Ole Miss, Tennessee, though so, Texas AM and m Alabama, it, without a doubt uh, needs to be mentioned. And, uh, Wake Forest Army needs to be mentioned the uh, I loved the Ole Miss Arkansas game as well but when I needed to start drawing lines it was like I believe the best game because that was one of the best additions of that rivalry between Texas and Oklahoma that we've had in a long time and then there's also just Ole Miss Tennessee hit a little bit close to home so I can I can go with the Homer cover three influence pick or what I think was actually the best game I I'm I think that's a group decision that we need to make together.
3: Ole Miss, Tennessee. Wow. Man. The game wasn't – do you think it was that great of a game? No. It it had everything, though. (laughs) It did have everything. But it
1: had the stuff that wouldn't happen in the NFL. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, we've had some NFL games that are just crazy shootouts and and big plays happening, but you wouldn't have – that kind of stuff going on in, in a program. Just all the, the insane stuff that makes college football fun.
0: Like Lane also returning to Knoxville yeah. as yeah. like the layer that sort of like set the base for all of this. It wasn't the best
1: game, but it was maybe like the game of the month. Yeah, I I'm, I'm
2: actually ashamed of myself for not nominating it. So, yeah, no, you're right. That was the game of the month. <laughs>
3: Roll with it. All
0: right. I can endorse it. Congratulations to Ole Mrs. Wynn against Tennessee. That is the mustard bottle golf ball throwing game of the month for October. We'll give trophies to uh, Lane Kiffen. We'll give trophies to Shrixon. Uh, we'll give trophies to uh, Hines, sure. Uh, Keep keep your eyes out in the mail. We'll be able to keep that going. So uh, to review our award winners here, Caleb Williams, you are, congratulations, you are the Cover 3 Podcast Player of the Month for October. Uh, Jimbo Fisher, congratulations, you are the Cover 3 Podcast Coach of the Month. Pitt, you are the Cover 3 Podcast Team of the Month. And Ole Miss, Tennessee, the Cover 3 Podcast Game of the Month. Uh, Are there any other just sort of like unique highlights or superlatives that you want to throw out before we uh, hit the break and tackle a couple mailbag questions?
2: I have four awards of my own.
0: Okay. Uh,
2: The first one, I'll start with the kowtowed fan base of the month. Iowa fans were pretty upset with us in September. (laughs) October, they haven't been nearly as upset with us, so. Congratulations, Iowa. You are the Cowtown fans of the month. Uh, this is not timing on purpose, or maybe it is. Brocktober of the month goes to Brocktober. Brock Purdy this month, 82.5% completion rate, 760 yards, seven touchdowns, no interceptions, and Iowa State went undefeated. So Brocktober was here, Brocktober won. Uh, Conference of the month, the Sun Sunbelts, because – In conference realignment right now, I'm looking at the Group of Fives and the way things are going, and although not all the moves are official, I mean, Southern Miss announced it. We're expecting Old Dominion to do so soon, and then Marshall and James Madison in the near future. The Sun Belt will be a better Group of Five conference than the New American. I'm just putting that on the record now, so congratulations to the Sun Belt. You are the conference of the month, and you are the Group of Five conference of the future. And then finally, my Hot Take of the Month award goes to Bud, for saying that Pitt should be favored over Oklahoma on a neutral field. Congratulations, But Are you saying our team of the month would not – like right now, yeah.
3: They,
1: I, I, I think they would I, – I stand by that. Now, in two weeks, if they get those dudes back, I, I'm going to pick Oklahoma. But like right I was, now <laughs> –
0: it's just I, such a I, great yeah. qualifier. Like it is the fine print of the I game. said right
1: now, like four times in the clip George
0: <laughs> I
2: was listening to the show while driving yesterday, and I literally nearly I was like, What
1: the hell did he just say? All right, let's let's do a <laughs> live power rankings pull <laughs> if on it, it was on what would you make the line neutral field that they played today? Oklahoma by three. Even with all like four
0: DBs yeah,
2: out? No. Oh, Pitts one dimensional on offense. Oh it's a good dimension though. It is, but okay, I mean, I don't see Pitt stopping Oklahoma. Mm. All right.
1: I think they would get like a stop or, or two, and I'm not sure Oklahoma gets gets many. I'm going to give an award to the uh, short turnaround bounce back player of the month, Chase Bryce. Terrible against Louisiana Lafayette, two picks, 15 of 26 for 133. Turns around, Coastal Carolina, in a game they have to have. If they want to stay alive for their division. 18 of 28, 347. Two tutties, no picks, and uh, just basically did whatever you wanted, exposed that Coastal defense like we thought might happen. So
3: Chase Bryce is my short turnaround bounce-back player of the month. He might have a close second in Zach Calzada, who was yeah. somebody we looked at and were like, where did he come from? Was similar to what you were watching with Chase Bryce when he's playing uh, in that game against Coastal. Like, where has this guy been all year? So I would definitely uh, put a second vote in there. But yeah, Chase Bryce would get the award for sure.
0: And it was all air yards. He was th- he was like oh, chucking yeah. it deep. And my whole sort of premise I was like, all right, Chase Bryce, just like you know, keep it keep it ten and two, yellow and white. Let's just drive this thing. Let's run that ball. And he was like, Mm-mm. no no no, we're going forty yards down the field over the middle. And he was dropping it in the bread basket. Yes, uh, congratulations to Chase Bryce. So I- last, oh go ahead. I had
3: I have I have two awards that I want to give. There might be a close second in this one, though, so I'll let you guys be the tiebreaker. Okay. I had for sound bite of the month for college football, either Lane Kiffin, get your popcorn ready on the CBS game of the week moments <laughs> before kickoff with the 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 mic drop, throwing the headset down and then putting up a goose egg in the first half and all the quotes uh, the stuff that came after it. or, you give it from Mike Tomlin for what he said yesterday when he was asked about the USC job and said, I'll never say never, but never following there's not a booster with a big enough blank check. Those would be my two nominees for soundbite of the month. And then mascot of the month, same game with Lane Kiffin dropping that, uh, the get your popcorn ready with what is the, I don't know what the tide, the elephant is called, but big, for Al. big Al, duh, for big Al to be able to find an outfit with popcorn on it at halftime ready to go where they got over from the basketball team, all of that to come together at halftime was pretty pretty stellar work from Big Al there in Tuscaloosa in that game. I mean, Alabama is pageant country, right? You know they're going to have props ready.
1: (laughs) Yes, that's true. Uh, I mean, I, I got a real good kick yesterday out of the memes of like Mike Tomlin coaching college football. It was like somebody telling Mike Tomlin that his commit just drop the top 10 list.
0: <laughs> um, do y'all want to play that audio, by the way? yeah, I, I don't know. It's is, good. Is, has He's everybody like, heard it? I think that it's – definitely for any audience member, yeah, it would definitely be worth it. Palmer
3: connecting you to some college jobs. Hey, guys, I don't have time for that speculation. I mean, that's a joke to me. Um, I got one of the best jobs in, in all of professional sport. Why would I have any interest in coaching college football? Um, that'll be the last time that I address it. And not only today, but moving forward. Never say never, but never. Okay? Anybody else got any questions about any college jobs? There's not a booster with a big enough blank check.
1: <laughs> does else? Does Palmer work for us? I like, like so. He's not like one of these Brady Quinn types that does CBS stuff. <laughs> I don't believe so. Um, okay, so he he played for Cincinnati. Do you think Palmer yeah. was floating Tomlin out there yes. just to just, screw with Mike Tomlin? A okay. million percent. It's I a Bengals
2: too. Steelers thing. I mean, yeah. and let's like who who tore Palmer's ACL? The Steelers. It's Ooh. a complete rivalry thing. And
1: that's what I was thinking too. And
2: so that was hilarious to me because it's like we got we've talked about this a million times. Like Dan Patrick talking to his friend suddenly becomes a news story. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I love it because I've I, you know working at ESPN I used to work with Keyshawn Johnson, and we'd have conversations both on air and off. And the arrogance that comes with the former USC player actually has them believing that they might have had a chance at Mike Tomlin. And this is that smack in the face of reality of oh, we can't just have anybody we want. We're not the end all be all of college football coaching jobs. And I, I still don't know if this humbles them at all, but it should be a rude awakening call for them to say, okay, maybe, just maybe we should reset our expectations and kind of who we think we can get and who we can call that's out there.
0: I, I just want to... want to know what Booster felt challenged Ooh. and what Booster was just like, oh, oh, you, you don't think I can hire Mike Tomlin, okay? I bought and <laughs> sold all these businesses and made all this money, and you don't think I can cut a check to get Mike Tomlin out here?
1: I mean, uh, like, like, these NFL coaches have got to take like one look at social media and see all the hell Dan Mullen gets for going on vacation in June and be like, nah, man, I'd rather have like 1 million less, maybe. And honestly, most of these NFL guys make a ton of money anyway. But like,
3: I wonder what they would look at more, either the vacation in June criticism or the commit publicly announcing his decommitment, like, you know, in the middle of a season, like all of it. They're like, thank goodness. I don't have to deal with that stuff. Or, or the kid saying that he plans to decommit next week,
1: <laughs> which has happened in the past. but mm,
3: okay.
0: oh, I don't know, so, man. Uh, last month, Tom uh, had a, a message board poster of the month, and I, I don't think we need to do this every week, but there is a, a Twitter account called Message Board Geniuses. It is at Board Geniuses on Twitter, and uh, there was actually one that popped up today that I absolutely love. Uh, it's called, the headline is possible mole question mark. It's from an Oklahoma message board. Any chance any disgruntled person with inside info on the inner workings of OU football is leaking any info to other teams the last two games? Other than a few big plays by QB 13, Caleb Williams, seems, other teams seem to know a lot about what OU is running. Think about it. Kansas is near the bottom of offense and defense in power five. Mm. Which Mm. I love. (laughs) I am here for allegations of a disgruntled Oklahoma football member Mm. who might be unhappy with the way things are going. I'm to get as reckless as I want to
3: right now. But man, I'm surprised there so wasn't funny. The, I'm surprised there wasn't the tie in like there is a building close to the practice <laughs> facility that you can mm-hmm. tape from. You know, you could easily go over there. I'm surprised that wasn't linked to it as well. That's it's me. I, I'm, I'm the <laughs> leak. I, I, I read the depth chart and then I podcast
1: about it and I'm like, mm, they're missing 4 of their five defensive backs and they're trying to learn coverage stuff and then all of a sudden, <laughs> shout out to Kansas by the way for breaking out the single wing and be like, all right, you young DBs you worry about this pass cover stuff. How are your run fits? Let's, <laughs> let's see how y'all handle the single wing. Like let, let's I pulled nice job there. That was, I mean, I didn't get the dub, but that was, that was neat. That, that really befuddled Oklahoma for, you know, I, is that the game you want to break it out? Like, obviously you want to be Oklahoma, but you, if you break that out against somebody else, maybe you can get a, conference win with that i don't know if you, if you got the element of surprise now that's oh, kind of gone but
0: um, i think that you just set it up you're you're making sure to get those reps in for uh the sunflower series kansas state yeah. kansas everybody's running the ball under what's o- called and then the sunflower series
2: uh the sunflower game or whatever Sunflower, sunflower Showdown, something i don't <laughs> let me check certainly not the shootout in today's day and age no we can't have that
0: <laughs> okay Coming up on the other side, we open up the big old bag of mail. Your questions, our answers, next. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing, and creative, legal and administrative and customer support at robert half we know talent visit roberthalf.com today
2: you can now relive the best moments of the uefa champions league 24 7 the uefa champions league channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals highlights
3: and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League
2: channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.
0: Listen, there's some real confidence uh, when you've got a good outfit put together. And it doesn't matter the occasion. It could be something social. It could be something business. It could be the Covered 3 Podcast Awards. If you've got just the right outfit, then man, you just, you're on another level. You're more confident. You're thinking clearly. And listen, I know that we don't have as many of these special occasions in person, but sometimes you just want to look nice even to meet up with your friends digitally like we do here on the Cover 3 podcast. And let me tell you, it is awesome to be able to have a relationship with Indochino and to be able to know that all of the items that you're putting together are not only stylish, but they are customized right for you. You don't have to go into a showroom. You don't have to wait for a stylist to be available and break out that measuring tape. No, you can do it all yourself and put together a confident, stylish look that will just make you better in in all the different places in your life. Indochino offers completely custom-fitted suits, Shirts, casual wear at surprisingly low prices. Every piece is made to your exact measurements and you can customize every single detail. Choose everything about your suit from the fabric, lapel, monogram, and statement linings and you can create a suit that fits you and your style perfectly. And the best part, Indochino suits start at just $399 with all of those customizations included. Now, if you do want to go in and, you know, get your hands on stuff, Indochino is now open at select Nordstrom stores, giving you that as a great way to get fitted personalized clothing. You can find your nearest location at indochino.com. But if you just want to do this from the comfort of your own home, well, You can do that as well. Go to Indochino.com and right now you can get $50 off any purchase of $399 or more by using the promo code COVER3 at checkout, C-O-V-E-R number three at checkout. Again, that is $50 off a purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com, I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com. Use promo code COVER3 at checkout. All right, into the big old bag of mail because uh, it did get mentioned earlier. I I will at least pay it off for Scotty or Scott as he signs. Uh, Scott asks, love the pod and I've been listening for a couple years now. I have a non-Big Ten mailbag question. What does UVA's record have to be for Brennan Armstrong to get serious Heisman consideration and how do you think Virginia will finish out the season? Go who's? Now, Brendan Armstrong does. He is one of the most prolific passers in the entire country. I mean, the man is averaging over 400 yards per game. He's got 23 touchdowns to six interceptions. I... He throws the ball 46.5 times per game. I mean, the passing attack is Virginia's offense. It's very, very fun, and he is a part of – it's a loaded slate that we'll get into for the locks tomorrow, but Virginia BYU is a sneaky, very awesome game as uh, we've got the Bronco Bowl, Bronco homecoming for Mendenhall and a lot of those assistants as well. So uh, I guess I pose the question to the group. What does Virginia's record have to be – uh, what do they need? What kind of finish do they need for Brennan Armstrong to sneak up into that Kenny Pickett world of Heisman consideration?
2: Next three games are huge. Like you mentioned, they play BYU on the road this week. BYU is ranked. After that, it's Notre Dame at home, and then they're on the road for Pitt. And if Pitt is still like a one-loss team that's competing for the ACC title in a playoff berth, if Virginia rolls through that section and wins like two of those three games or whatever, or Brennan Armstrong just plays really well then he's probably going to start getting some Heisman consideration because, like you mentioned, he's throwing for, what, and two. two and a half yards per game, which is second most in the country behind Bailey's app at Western Kentucky. So the overall yardage numbers are there. He's only got 23 passing touchdowns, which I think I think when it comes to a lot of the Heisman electorate, they tend to look at the more traditional stats like yards, touchdowns. So the yards are there. I don't think he has quite the touchdowns yet, and I also think that, like as good as he's been, if you look at passer efficiencies, thirty first in the country. So he's simply been good. He hasn't been great, but I think that again, if Virginia keeps winning those games and he plays well in them, he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna win the Heisman no matter what he does, but I think he could definitely start picking up some votes.
1: Danny's muted. Um, I'll always a second. So I, I think that Tom is exactly right on this, but I, I'm going to go a little further. I think they have to actually win all three games if he actually has a real shot to win the Heisman. If you go to our Cover 3 uh, YouTube page, we actually did a video on this. I uh, cut it from one of those mailbags of how can teams that are not in the national title race still win the Heisman? There's a couple examples, right? Robert Griffin uh, at Baylor. They were not seriously in the title race late. Tim Tebow, Florida, 2007. That team ended up losing, I think, four games. If you count the one they lost to Michigan in the bowl game, uh, but they, they still had a signature Heisman moment for, for RG3. It was dunking on Baylor. Uh, for Tebow, I think it was actually in a losing effort at LSU. That was the cell phone game, right, uh, where, where LSU fans – and then Jacob Hester ends up winning that game, if not in overtime, pretty late for, for Florida there. You have to put up just absolute video game numbers, which he's doing as far as like yards per attempt and, and total yards. The touchdowns aren't there. But to answer the question, he's going to have to go undefeated to have any type of shot at this. And it's also going to need quite a bit of chaos, but this is such a fun offense and they do
3: not run the ball well at all. So it is entirely on his arm. I was saying before, I think he has to win out same. And I think he kind of needs the help, the head to head against Kenny Pickett, but I think he also would need Pitt to lose this weekend and then have Virginia win out being an ACC championship game, have a massive performance in that game on national stage. Like you need national stages to resonate with the voters You know, all 900 of them. Um, And then I'm always curious, like, how would you do in your losses? Like, And that's one thing I think Kenny Pickett threw six touchdowns in their loss. It wasn't his fault. Brennan Armstrong threw for 554 when they lost to North Carolina, which is insanity. And then against Wake was held in check a little bit more with only 407, but he only had two touchdowns and one interception. So I'm always kind of curious. But those losses are in the rear view. Um. Yeah. If he wanted to be in in New York, I think he'd have to run the table, have some help, get into an ACC championship game, and sort of have Virginia in the national conversation.
0: Pivot time here for Virginia because you're six and two. You got four games left, but they are, as you mentioned, at BYU, home against Notre Dame, at Pitt, and then Virginia Tech in the finale. Like if. You know, Brendan Armstrong runs the table. You're right, Danny. He might be in the ACC Championship game cuz you'll have the head-to-head against Pitt. You don't know what's going to happen with the Panthers the rest of the way, but those are all opportunities where like if Virginia any finish to me. How about this? Cuz the other part of the question was, how do you think Virginia will finish? I think if Virginia splits its final four games, that is an awesome 8 and 4 season for the Wahoos.
1: Their over under win total this year was 6. So that that They've is exactly um, hmm. by the way shout out to some real kind of offensive innovation happening in the ACC this year uh, like the, the some of the most high-flying offenses you know wake Virginia Pitt and does Warren Ruggiero get a look at a job eventually the the, the guy who's kind of the architect of, of, of this wake offense not that Clausen shouldn't get credit for it but I mean he's the OC there has done a really good job they, they've been together since like all green decade yeah
0: yeah I would,
1: um, I would think that maybe like you know a,
2: a g5 team whether it's a Sun Belt or something would probably be looking at him yeah
0: there are four mac jobs that could be open right yeah if, if there's any like if you want to look for someone there that could be uh that could be a candidate all right
2: how, let's how virginia on. would it be though if like the Cavs if they beat byu notre dame and pitt and then lose to virginia tech
3: <laughs> like, like, would
2: virginia, would yes. virginia
3: fans take that, to see?
2: yeah would you like take that nine and three season where you get those huge wins and then you lose to tech like with an interim coach at that point
0: <laughs> but that interim coach then on the momentum ends up getting promoted and you don't go hire someone else so therefore you've got virginia tech in a spot where you can win in the next three to five years playing the a long game <laughs> uh while we're sitting here in the uh in, in the ACC world to, to close this thing out. Um, this question comes from Jay Tweed. Uh, love the show and the crew. Been a fan for quite a while, RIP Barton, and plan to keep it that way. Thank you. Question for the mailbag. I get the idea that what I'm about to say sounds pretty crazy, but is there some hope for Pitt this year to make the college football playoff, or are they doomed to the same fate as Ohio State in 2018? Pitt has beaten an SEC team in Tennessee who you guys seem to think is pretty good when they don't let Milton throw the ball 20 yards over people. They've won every other game by 10-plus points, including a convincing win over a more talented Clemson team, and their lone loss was by three while still scoring 41. Presuming Pitt wins out and keeps winning like it has, Pickett keeps balling, and they claim an ACC title, I think they'd have a slightly, all caps slightly, better case than Ohio State did in 2018. Their loss is less damaging than getting smothered by a bad Purdue team and their wins will have been more convincing than some of those from OSU that year. For example, 52-51 overtime against Nebraska, 36-31, or oh, 52-51 against Maryland, 36-31 against Nebraska. Hope this makes it through. Congratulations it did. Thanks for all the content. Here
2: I here's what I think Pitt needs to happen. Obviously it needs to win out and it needs to win the ACC, but I also think it needs Georgia to win out, and that includes beating Alabama or whoever it gets from the SEC West in the title game, so that kind of eliminates the second SEC team. It would probably be better off if Oklahoma won out, so that way that just kind of settles it. And if Ohio State wins out, then you're probably looking at Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Pitt. Of course, you should also root for a Cincinnati loss at some point there too because I do think that – there might be more of a pull with the committee between a one loss pit with a loss to Western Michigan and an undefeated Cincinnati that beat Notre Dame. The committee might have a really difficult time justifying that one. But I mean, my problem too is like that loss, obviously Western Michigan is going to hang on it like, like an anchor, but
1: what is their best win? I I know Tennessee wasn't a bad win. It's definitely the 31 points on the road at Georgia tech. Like, they they beat a team that very well may, may go bowling now on the road by thirty one.
2: Yeah, and because like if you look at the rest of the schedule, it's Miami, Duke, North Carolina, Virginia, Syracuse. Okay, so you win those games. There's really not like going to be a resume win on there that's going to catch the committee's eye. And then if you get to the ACC championship and you're playing like what Wake Forest or NC State,
3: what's uh what's Georgia's signature win?
2: Uh, being Auburn. dominant and undefeated, and not losing to Western smoking Michigan, everybody. Yeah, yeah.
3: No, but I think I think it's more the smoking everybody that's there because I think their wins are going to at the end of the season are going to be less than stellar as far as it pertains to top twenty-five, you know, power wins. But the fact they didn't lose to Western Michigan absolutely comes into play there.
1: Um, Kentucky also may finish as a ten-win team. Yeah. So
3: like, I think Auburn's going to beat Ole Miss. Mm,
0: I think that win's going to start looking better. I, do too.
3: I think Mississippi state's going to beat Kentucky this weekend too. So we got our locks pod. We'll save yeah, some, of those, some of those beauties for tomorrow, <laughs> but I still think a one loss power five pit is in. I think everything that would happen would, I mean, we're assuming a lot. Um, I think they would be in, I would pound the table for them too. If they did, I think the ACC has been bashed early and often this season, but just because some of the brands aren't there, some of the teams like a Virginia, are better than we thought they were Pitt's way better than we thought they were. Uh, I'm not saying it's the, one of the top conferences in the country, but I still think it's a power five conference where a one loss conference champ would get in. And I don't, I, will, I think there's one thing you can't get blown out. I think you can lose close. Like I think they, I think the committee has kind of shown us that you can't get blown out, but if you lose close, even though it's not a power five opponent, I think they might be able to overlook that. They also had some COVID stuff in that game, which, uh, if, if this is close,
1: they're going to be, be, they're going to be beating that drum for sure. Uh you know,
0: if, if you look at this, on ESPN, like, I mean, Kenny Pickett was out of the game for a little bit, you know, <laughs> got to take that into consideration.
1: First of all, they have to win out, which I don't think they're a lock to win out, right? Okay. Like they, this is not a, a something where I'm projecting them to, to win out. I've got them at about a, like a 20% shot to make the playoff right now, uh, which that may be the high watermark of this group. We know the committee does look at stuff like strength of record and their strength of record right now is what, 17th on ESPN, I think the other one has them at, at sixth. So if they do win out, they will have a strength of record that is is going to be fairly impressive uh, to the committee. They'll have the conference championship. They, they do need the, the Pac-12 champ, I think, to have two losses because if that Pac-12 champ is Oregon with one loss and it has the win on the road at Ohio mm-hmm. State, I think that that is going to be a much better signature win, as it should be, uh, and that Pitt will lose out to Oregon if they're both somehow one-loss champs.
0: I would also say that uh, Pitt and Pitt will have no problem doing this, but Pitt definitely wants to see the other, the other Big Ten East teams take multiple losses.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, are there one loss? Are there one loss non-champs other than Georgia, who you think would go in over one loss ACC champ Pitt? Like, does one loss Michigan go if if Oklahoma were to lose in the Big Twelve title game to like two loss Iowa State? Do they go? Are there any scenarios you guys can see like that?
2: I think it depends. Like, it would depend. If Michigan's got one loss but it doesn't win the division and it was like a three-point loss to Ohio State, I would bet they'd get in.
0: Yeah. I think Michigan's your biggest, uh, what you're the most afraid of.
2: Which, and honestly, I'm not sure that I would argue very strongly that Michigan's more deserving of Pitt at that point because, I mean, if you go with Michigan's resume at that point, it's probably not going to look all that differently than Pitt's, except they'll have the much better
1: loss. Michigan also may end up with Big 10 West champion Wisconsin as things are going right now. That's that's actually a kind of a mailbag question
2: I wanted to offer to you guys. What kind of odds can I get on Wisconsin winning the Big 10 West?
3: Hmm.
1: Cuz
2: I can't I mean, find them anywhere.
1: <laughs> I don't see anybody still offering divisional odds. Yeah, I know, and I really want to bet Wisconsin to win the Big 10 West. Well, they're favored this weekend over Iowa. <laughs> and as you look at a lot of the advanced numbers,
2: They should be, and that sounds crazy to say because of Wisconsin's
1: offense. But Mm. hey, I think think Wisconsin's defense is better than Iowa's defense. By the way, especially if you strip out some of the turnover. Like Iowa's defense is clearly stellar, but like on a down to down basis, Wisconsin's is better. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, with all of the Bud Elliott, if they play tomorrow, we're also dealing with major injuries in a defensive backfield that is like the anchor of what they do. Not that it's huge against Wisconsin, but still not having two All American caliber cornerbacks.
1: Segment. Did you guys see the total in this? I know we're kind of going to spot territory. Did you see the total in this game? Yeah. 36 and a half, baby.
0: Lock <laughs> it up before it drops further.
1: Yeah, exactly. I cannot bet. No, because cause 38 and 37 are actual like key numbers on that. I, if it if it gets 38, if somehow somebody steams this, I, I will take an under 38. But I, man, oh,
0: under 36, thirty-six is
1: so tough. 13 to 8.
0: <laughs> 14 to 10. No, I mean, no, is, no. 21 14. 17
2: beats you. 9 7. 14 to <laughs> 10 is way too normal of a score for that game. The
1: 13 <laughs> to 8 was on the right track. <laughs> 19 to 12. <laughs> this is kind of like a Power Five sicko mode game. Yes.
0: I know. I'm excited. I, it's just, listen, that's a tease. The, Slate this weekend is phenomenal. I've, I've already scanned the entire board and my first draft has, I think, 20 thoughts that I need to pare down, including maybe just stacking up Rutgers first quarter, first half, full game unders. Okay. I don't know. Just, just, just on the board, just a thought right now. So make sure that you subscribe to the cover three podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It is a live show. That we offer that you can join it on youtube.com cover three so make sure you subscribe to the youtube channel smash that bell for the notifications so that you not only know when a new video gets posted but also when we go live so that you can be a part of the fun including uh, getting to hop in the chat which has become a community unto itself you can follow him on twitter at bud elliott three you can follow him at tom Purnell. you can follow him at danny Pennell. you can follow me at chip underscore patterson gentlemen